In this episode, we bid farewell to the 992.1. Brought to you by nineworks.co.uk, the fastest growing online Porsche community, supported by the Nineworks Marketplace. Nineworks Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast, hosted by Lee Sibley, Andy Brooks and Max Newman. Nineworks Radio is carefully produced with special input from experts around the industry and powered by our valued members of the Nineworks Driven Not Hidden Collective. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Nine Works Radio. It's a 992 special today. Uh, my name is Lee. I'm joined by my co-conspirators, as always, in Max Newman. Morning. And Andy Brooks. Good day. <laughs> and we have a guest panellist today. First one in a long time, dialing in all the way from South Africa. So what he's African a British correspondent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's James Bullen. How are you, good sir? Hello, guys. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for having me on again. Always nice to be involved. Yeah, he's been it's on a, real... a couple of times now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Different themes, different topics, but obviously nice to uh, to be involved in this uh, in this pod. It is uh, is one I always listen to as well, and always nice to see you boys. Uh, yeah, I've, I've great uh, memories of when the three of us visited uh, Redbourne Porsche Owners Club, uh, another Porsche enthusiast group that you run. And uh, we recorded a live poddy. That was in the, the dark depths of winter. I think it might have been a couple of years ago now, but uh, oh, that seems to be three years ago. I think it was I think it was two, Andy. Yeah, was I think it's, it's going from strength to strength, isn't it, James, from what I hear? It is. Uh, yeah, we're probably up to about 120 guys and girls involved these days and lots of things going on. So we have uh, our first track day coming up, which is something people have been asking us to do for a while. We've, we've done hill climbs and, and karting days in terms of motorsport, if you like. But um, yeah, we're doing our first exclusive track day. We've got some more tours uh, planned this year last year we went over to Champagne and we went to Stuttgart for the factory side of things uh, this year we've yeah we've got even more on offer so yeah it, it's going really well and we a bit like Nineworks we've we've managed to keep the same vibe you know we've we sort of set out and said look we want to always be about the driving about the cars and about fun and yeah we've maintained that one way or another Good on you, mate. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see that going from strength to strength. And and as you said, yeah, keeping what you're about. It's uh, it's not about the numbers, is it? You know. No, no, and it never has been. I mean, probably by no coincidence, we've got quite a lot of members that are and nine works members as well. And I think that is a general type of of owner and enthusiast, uh, if I can say that. You know, people that are really in it for the passion of the cars. Um, which is great because it means you don't have any kind of political factions or, or different directions unfolding within the group. It's it's always just about the, the brand, the cars, the driving. And, and that's, let's be honest, that's what we all love. Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this episode, as I said at the top, is a, a 992 special. So we're saying farewell 
to what will become the 992.1. I think it's well known now that the generation two of 992 is incoming in May this year. So yeah, we we kind of felt it was time and be prudent to reflect on the 992.1. James, you've got fantastic um, exposure to those cars. I think to begin, Max has probably got a question to help set the scene for for listeners at home. Yeah, I, I just thought about this overnight, actually. You know, we've been doing this um, first, worst, best and next thing that we ask guests when they come on about their car history, just to get a bit of context and set a bit of vibe. And we thought maybe we'd do that with you, although people know you pretty well anyway. So actually, what we thought we'd ask you is your first, worst, best and next in the context only of the 992 Porsches that you've owned. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, well, first was the Carrera S. I had the Gentian Blue car uh, a few years ago now, which you, you will remember, Matt, because, um, Max, because we, in fact, uh, um, displayed our cars together at the Road to Redline event. We did, Carnac. we did. Um, so you and I were parked alongside each other um, those years ago. Um oh. And it was a very good looking car, uh, but for reasons we'll probably come on to, that car actually ended up putting me off of the 992 a bit. Um, I'll have to come back to that. So although it was my first, I would also probably categorize it as as maybe my worst. Um, there well, was are, we, are we allowing him to break that rule this week? I think we should, considering we're, we're just within the context of 992, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. All right, yeah, you're allowed. You're allowed. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, in terms of best, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I, I've, I've loved most of the cars that I've, I've had for so many different reasons. Um, and I really enjoyed the year of ownership I had in the 992 GT3 uh, which I put about 5,000 miles on between autumn of 2022 and autumn 2023, which has been replaced by a GT3 Touring. I'm I'm getting to love that car a great deal, but for reasons of work and you know, I've been traveling a lot for work, I haven't had enough wheel time with it. So I'd probably say at the moment, the best in terms of overall experience has been that, that 992 GT3. Okay. Take that. And what's uh, next, you, isn't it? Uh, next, I have another GT3 touring lined up, actually, which is, uh, yeah, a, a strange story in itself as to how that's come about, but that's a new building um, currently on order via Porsche Centre West London. So that is next, uh, more of the same for me. Um, okay, is there a difference in spec there? So, like, is one, like, you, you know, manual to PDK or vice versa or...? Both PDK cars, um, both visually fairly similar. Um, I think I've either been described or described myself as the the John Major of Porsche in the past, bearing in mind how many grey cars I've had. <laughs> the current uh, GT3 Touring is grey and the new one is grey. Uh, the, the incoming one is grey. So, yeah, a bit of a creature of habit there. But, yeah, some some spec changes across the car, of course. Yeah, when you, when you order new, you obviously always get that uh, that benefit. Oh, that's yeah. going to um, that's going to be a great comparison for that suspension thing that we've been talking about recently. That's what I thought. Yeah, when yeah. that came up on one of the Nineworks uh, group chats, I, I did think the same. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I have heard that there are some some definite feedback feel differences, and yeah, it will be good to tell. 
Yeah. Well, it does. It does make sense. Maybe we should just touch on that for those listening at home. So uh, it's been reported elsewhere that there has been um, some subtle suspension tweaks to um, GT3 tourings of the last six months. So from from the start of what is the 2024 model year, um, just to make them a little bit more supple and a little bit certainly for this country, a bit more UK friendly because our, our roads aren't the best. Um, there's been plenty of talk about and around that on our uh, Driven Not Hidden Collective WhatsApp group. And, and obviously some of our members have got the, the, the brand new tourings and, and some have got older ones. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to, I guess, the, the ultimate judge of that is seat time to, to hmm. take a look. So thanks for volunteering, James, hey? <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and, and, and of course, I mean, whilst it's been discussed in the context of the touring, it may well and would likely apply to winged GT3s as well because the the calibration that people are experiencing and they like is on the RS as well as the ST, isn't it? So I imagine yeah. it's probably on both GT3s. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Yeah, I mean, something Andy and I have kind of opined on this before, but became apparent in a, a drive of the GB press car that the 992 GT3 RS definitely has superior damping mm. um, at low and medium speed on public roads than the GT3 Touring, which is absurd so you, you you would expect that there have been some tweaks there to kind of rectify that in a way because that that it should be the other way around clearly right yeah yeah absolutely so james we've we've heard of a c2s a couple of tour uh gt3 tourings a wings gt3 you've had a gts 992 in the mix as well is that correct I, I, I did i had a a painter sample gts um which was uh delivered to me from Porsche Centre Hatfield. Um, there were, yeah, a couple of things sort of come to mind with that car, really. Um, one, I, I felt that as a package, um, the GTS is a pretty good overall package, but, and this, this may sound a bit strange, but Lee, I think you and I have sort of touched on this before. It feels in some ways a bit overbaked for a Carrera. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of, you know, there, there's a bit, too much going on um and that's not to deride the technology that's gone into it but it is an incredibly quick car and it seems to me the ethos of carrera is completely gone with that uh, gts model and i i've had a 991 gts and really felt that was like the zenith of the carrera range I felt this was a bit alien the the gts in in relation to uh, the carrera cars um also i was really disappointed with the uh the color um it's, <laughs> no it's, way it's actually, after all that yeah it's actually very difficult i found when i finally got to order a paint to sample car um in the the current porsche structure you it, it's hard to see all those samples in the in the showroom and yeah. you end up having to take on some of them a chance if they can't get you a paint sample so some they were able to mix up and spray out on uh, on on sample cards for me, and some they couldn't. So I took a little bit of a flyer on it, and I got it home. I picked it up. Looks absolutely incredible in the showroom. Drove it home. Uh, got home and on the driveway, it was a it was a bit of an overcast day, and uh, my wife Hannah came out and said, "Oh yeah, why did you why did you go for lilac?" Like what? What are you seeing here? What are you, what are you saying? <laughs> and actually, she she was absolutely right. In a flat in a flat light, it looked really lilac, and I couldn't get it out of my head then. Uh, what colour was it, James? 
It was slate grey. But if you remember, Max, there oh. were two slate greys, and this yeah. was the lighter of the two. Um, I, I felt that actually, in most lights, it looked it did look really good. It offered a really good contrast on the GTS with a lot of the black accents that come with that. Um, and those sort of package, you know, those color and, and accent combinations always look quite good to me when there's a decent. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, that that being said, and on that particular car, and it's something you and I have debated numerous times, Max. Uh, I, I've never been happy with the the GTS wheels on the 992. Uh, I think they just don't look as good as other wheels in the 992 range. I, I, I'm I, I think they're too heavy being black, but at the same time, there's there's not enough wheel, if you know what I mean. All you uh, see exactly. is brake, brake disc and caliper. And exactly. Yeah. They do look better when people do them in silver, you know, going against the GCS thing. But you're right, there's just not enough wheel there. You know, it's quite a big car, the um, or it looks like quite a it big is. car, the 992, and that wheel just doesn't fill the arch in the right way, I don't think. But um, no. but that is funny. It's funny. There's you thinking you were Steve McQueen, and Hannah said you turned up in a lilac motor. That's mm -hmm. not. That's, <laughs> what a shame. Yeah, that's exactly I, how it unfolded. So, I, I think it'd be prudent. Um, pretty soon we can go on to like driving impressions, and um, I think we've all got things to throw into the mix there. But before we do so, just to kind of uh, conclude the context, really, James, you've uh, had a Carrera T nine on two as well. I think is that the 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 last career the last nine on two you've you've had yeah i mean that was uh that that went in my autumn change-up which saw the gt3 wind car go as well um that, that was a great package that carrera t it's it's it, it offers a lot for the everyday driver um i think it was a real step out of the box for me because i i ordered it in python green um and that's a very Ooh, bold car to live with yeah. Yeah, it was good actually. It was, you know, my 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 kids loved it and uh it was a great fun car to to have uh, in the garage and uh, on the road it has a lot of presence. Um and it was a really lovely thing. I mean, the overall spec on it is a good blend. Um it feels very Carrera like to me. Uh and the only complaint I had was was exactly what I thought in advance would be an issue, which was that in in my opinion and experience, seven cogs is one cog too many in that gearbox. It's actually a nice blend, that engine and that uh, transmission. But seven is a lot to be to be playing with on a manual car. Um, I, I felt that a six-speed box in that car with that engine would have been a brilliant car to live with for a long time. Um, you just constantly, as you're going up and down through the gears, realize that with that amount of options, the pattern is just huge, especially on the top row. You know, it's uh, it, it, it's it, it's a lot of gears to find. And I don't know. I, I know why they do it, the emission side of things, the efficiency side of things. So I get all of that. But it, it kind of dilute, diluted the experience a bit, I think, for me anyway. It was funny, only uh, last week on a launch with Porsche GB, we were driving the um, Cayenne S with the, the V8 returning again. And uh, I had a bit of seat time in their manual 992 Carrera T presser in the afternoon. And uh, I have to say, I, I really enjoyed that car. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, I guess we can come on to, so I've got, I've got some questions for us to kind of rattle through as we go, as we dissect the 992 generation. But um, I found 
that gearbox to be really enjoyable and and again like the chassis was really nice and playful on the road at, at kind of sensible road speeds um the the only issue which i guess is kind of the elephant in the room really was the the size and and that i think for me is a big big factor in how i think or what i think of the 992 and 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 i guess i'm not alone in that um you know it'd be nice what what's well, Andy, you had a car a couple of weeks ago from Porsche Bournemouth. So, you know, let, let's let's elaborate on your thoughts. That's your sole drive in a 992. So what was your takeaway yeah, message? So I'd had um, a couple of passenger rides in 992s. I think I'd been in a GT3 Touring when they first came out. And obviously the RS, when you'd driven it, um, I think it might have been in something else at some point as well. So I hadn't actually driven one. So, yeah, Porsche Bournemouth very kindly um, offered me a car for the day. Uh, they offered me a, it was a GTS Cabriolet, pretty much the same colour as my car. It was interesting, actually, you're talking about size. I parked it on my driveway next to mine, and I thought it was going to actually absolutely dwarf it. And maybe because it was the same colour, it didn't actually look as massive as I thought it was going to be. So visually, it wasn't wasn't as crazy as I thought. But when I was actually driving it, it did feel wide. I was forever sort of hitting, you know, cat's eyes on the inside and feeling the white line. So yeah, I agree that the the width is does does feel it on the road. Absolutely. What do you like about the nine on two? What did I like about it? Uh, oh, I I got a list of things I didn't. <laughs> what did I like? Anything that you liked? It, it's a difficult one for me because I'm so entranced in the air-cooled world but it's, <laughs> it is a difficult thing for me to what did i like i yeah okay here is something that i did like i like the analog dial in the middle um i liked the i actually thought that the digital dials either side were great the very outside ones are negos you couldn't see them past the steering wheel mm-hmm. um but yeah the an- analog dial and all that sort of felt really nice nice to me um what else did I don't I like? The seats were nice. Felt comfortable in the seats. Um, but overall driving, I I think I, t- I t- sort of told you this. I felt like a bit of a rag doll in the car. Um, probably coming back to what James was saying, you know, the car was almost like too aggressive, too um, a little bit in your face. I didn't feel like I was driving it that much. It felt like it was driving or that I couldn't modulate the my inputs to drive it smoothly and um, felt like I was in full control. It was almost like it was too aggressive that it wanted to do what it wanted to do when it wanted to do it. I don't know if that sort of equates to, to what James was feeling when he was dr- driving his GTS. Yeah, I, I don't even think just the, the, the GTS, actually, Andy, but um, a lot of what you are saying and experienced, I, I definitely had, particularly on the early car, the, the Carrera S992 I had. And, and in advance okay. of today, I sort of made a, a list of my positives and, and negatives of all of the cars as a group. Um, and I think some of them are very, very close to yours. Like, for example, top of my list of uh, positives, uh, Andy, was was the general build quality um, and is the build quality of these mm. cars, which I think anyone that gets in them, is, it's, it's obvious. You know, everything feels 
super premium. It's well bolted together. It, it feels like a, a any comparable modern luxury slash supercar. They are a nice place to spend time. And you said that with the seats and so on. Yeah. Um, there, there are certain things, and you've hinted on them there, that, that really irritated me uh, and to some extent still do. I've never been a fan of the digital dash on any of the cars. Um, and okay. besides besides the point you made about it being too wide, I yeah. mean, you can't see the extreme uh, dials through the steering wheel. I just don't like the visual appearance uh, compared to the analog cars. Oh, that didn't, um, that didn't offend me. That's interesting. Yeah, I tend to put mine into the track view most of the time, which uh, you can do in all modes but it just it, it looks more appealing to me it's yeah. a lot simpler and cleaner um but but moreover one of the things that's always annoyed me is is the driver intervention all these messages that pop mm. up about you know if, if yeah adapt oh, your yeah. driving style or wet mode or or you know and it, it, i just think that's not that's not for me why you buy a car like this you, yeah. you don't I'm buy so, a totally with you to, to be told what to do you you buy one to enjoy it for a, it's a driver's car and the driver ultimately should be the one making the decision so that still irritates me um and then you know things like uh um the door handles i still don't i still don't get why they need to to be uh folding retractable handles um you know especially when you look at say the gt3 rs which has conventional body mounted handles um so just those little bits and pieces i, I don't want to be all down on it you know no. there are some, some serious upsides to this car it has an incredible presence when you look at it you know curbside roadside um it's got very bold styling uh as i said that cabin feel is 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 fantastic there are some superb options that you can spec on these cars and generally, it's a really well-matched drivetrain of um, of the engine and transmission. I, yeah. I, I was, I think you guys know, I, I was, and I probably still see myself as really a real 991 guy. I, I do love the 991 as a platform. And I never really liked the, the 3.0 um, uh, engine that was in the second gen 991 and is, the, is basically the Carrera engine in the 992. But they've, they've got it set up much better in the 992. It, it's well matched and it runs really well with with both the PDK and the manual transmissions. I think it's a really good point on the transmissions there. I'd, yeah, completely agree. There's a really nice harmonization, whether it's PDK or, or manual. Um, I actually think for the GT cars, PDK is better suited uh, to the, the engine, high revving, fast nature of that car. Uh, the fact is us humans, we just can't keep up and that, that clinical nature of P PDK is better suited to it. So even in touring form, I, I think I think PDK gearbox is like the correct gearbox to get the most out of the car, although I appreciate that's not why some people buy it and that's fine. Um, I, I've spent obviously a, a fair bit of time in 992s over the past five years. Um, so like my... Uh, synopsis really the 992 is is along the same lines james as as what you have as an owner so for me there are some massive massive achievements that the 992 has really nailed and i made these clear in our um works whatsapp group on the driven not hidden collective in in the week and 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 for me the big achievements of the 992 is completely perfected that seven speed manual shift um 
I agree with what you're saying, James, whereby the seven speed is not and never will be as good as a six speed cog swapper. I, I think that's that's mm. you know a given and and the, the nine nine seven dot two is probably the peak for that outside of the the GT cars, uh, which are still six speed, like the ST, like the nine eleven R, etc. Um but having driven many 991 Gen 1 and Gen 2 press cars that were seven speed, it wasn't until the 992 generation where I really feel like Porsche has perfected that 10 years on. Seating position as well is absolutely nailed in the 992. It's on the floor. You've got the right, uh, you're at the right level to have that steering wheel ahead of you. If you're cog swapping, the shifter rises up to, again, like great combination between that and the steering wheel and you. So and it, and also as well, like in, in being on the floor, you've got a very low or lowest possible center of gravity for your own body mass. Uh, the electrically assisted steering feel as well, I think, is a huge win and a big leap over the, the generation before it. So technically, I think they are, I think, what the 992 um, has really has, has really won. I also think the 992 generation has increased the bandwidth of the 911's capabilities. So that's in direct reference to the Dakar, which is the first kind of genuine off-road production 911, and the GT3 RS, which is quite literally a cup car with license plates now. I think both of those cars really push the envelope for what's possible with the 911 without losing that core 911 DNA. And then drawbacks for me, um, and I won't dwell on this too long, but I definitely think the size is a problem. I've said before, particularly at the front axle that's where you really notice it over the 991 um, and, and that sensation of having to breathe in when you drive down a country road the, the the rear end design for me personally does not work at all i really dislike it i didn't like it when the car was released in november 2018 and i thought uh, a bit like some elements of the 991 i thought okay well i'm sure i'll warm to i'll warm to it over time Six years later, I still don't like it at all. I think the GTS package is a lot nicer, by the way, uh, where it moves at the rear. It moves that number plate up slightly, doesn't it? It just fills that awkward void. Yeah, it um, does. I mean, Max and I have talked about that a few times, and, and it's sort of become my opinion over time that I just I wouldn't have another 992 without the sport design front and rear aprons. It just doesn't yeah. look good from either perspective. You know, you get the big kind of, uh, whale shark mouth mouth at the front and then the the number plate slung low on the the standard rear end and they both look clunky to me put the sport yeah. design pack on or or as you just said it comes standard on the gts anyway that look yeah. uh, and it totally changes the car definitely i mean like where where porsche design over the years that they've kind of maintains the 911's iconic silhouette from where the roof goes from the flows from the top of the windscreen all the way down to the rear lights and so that form has always remained the same with the 992 and you can argue the cars before it they kind of cheat because they maintain that line by just moving the rear lights up so yeah. whoever's on the early cars the rear the clusters are down by your knees on 992s it's up by your waist and so as the lights have been dragged up to maintain that uh, roof line and with all the tech that's now shoehorned in um it just creates that awkward gap between the clusters and, and the bottom of the car. And, and it's just not filled in the 992. It just, to me, is really jarring. I, I just can't get on with it. I cannot get on with it six years later. Um, and, and again, like the digitization of the dash, I think is sacrilege. Uh, it's one of the design hallmarks of the 911. I just don't agree that it's gone. 
Um, it feels cheap with the digital screens, although I have to say, and this is this is probably what makes it more annoying for me, is Andy, I agree with you, that analogue taco, which has stayed in the centre, Yeah. the detail that's gone into that, I've said before, it's more timepiece mm. than taco. There's so much beautiful detail in there. It's such a shame, therefore, that, that isn't replicated either side. And, and I personally never saw an issue with the 991 setup of having the five dials, the fourth from right of which was the a digital screen. It was a really nice um, synchronization and harmony. Yeah. yeah of digitization. Um, I agree completely James with the door handles. I've lost fingers yeah. uh, opening a door on that car that I, I've again, I, I agree. I don't see. Give me simple door handles. Why do you need a hundred percent? And the RS has it, you know? Yeah, but the the other point is, and I, I said, and you know, I think we would all agree the general build quality is super high on these. You know, they feel very premium. Actually, those door handles don't. They feel really they they feel anything but premium when you you use those retractable ones. Yeah. So it was a it was a real miss for me that. Yeah, agreed, agreed. They're not great to look at. It's a it's a clunky, horrible experience to open them. And if if you manage to hold on to all your fingers by the time you've got in the car, you've done yeah, well. You've I done think. Well. Um, and yeah, gen general uh, build quality is is good. Uh, there's a lot less rolling tire noise in an R92 than there is in an R91, um, which is obviously great. Uh, but general ride quality in the UK, as I've touched on before, I think definitely lets the 992 down, with particular reference to the heavier models, so the Targas and the Turbos, the lighter cars like the Carrera T last week, for example. I didn't find it an issue. It was a really, really nice car. Again, you know, supple enough. It was playful on the road, not jarring at all. But the heavier cars just don't seem to don't seem to work in the same way, and that 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 is a problem for me. Yeah, I mean, one, just just going on to those uh, that that stay, or staying on the build quality side of things. One one thing I, I have thought about with the nine nine two, which when you think about it, Porsches have really been kind of option and spec led for about the last 30 years before that it wasn't such a thing so before the kind of mid late 90s there weren't as many factory uh, or dealer options cars were far more homogenous across the 911 range since then it's been you know just a massive stack of options available to to whoever's ordering them but one thing i think they've got really well sorted on the 992 is that the base specs are really good I mean, even the standard seats are really, really comfortable. The interior fit and finish is very nice looking, feeling. Um, it, it presents really well. You don't, although there are loads of options, and of course you can end up dropping an absolute fortune on those, you don't have to. You don't have to go far with this car, which I think is a real change compared to the 991 and the 997, for example. Bang on. Bang on. You almost had to load them up quite a lot but to, to get what you wanted. The base spec is is very, very good on these cars. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I felt like the 991 Gen 2 generation, that was the first base Carrera where it was all the 911 you need uh, rather than wants, you know. Um, the 992 enhanced that further. I remember driving a press car, a base Carrera, obviously it was PDK, um, but it had four options on it. I can't for the life of me remember what those options were, I'm afraid, but like it was, it really did highlight that that was just all the, all the 911 you need, even on the smaller wheels as well. So yet yeah, com completely agree with that. Completely agree. 
I think with the, uh, the the GTS, just to touch on that, where you said it's moved uh, kind of away from that Carrera derivative, I think, Andy, you were nodding. You seem to agree mm. with that sentiment. Yeah, I, felt I think like the, a G, the, the GTS now is more of a, I consider it anyway to be more of a turbo light than a mm -hmm. Carrera Plus, if that makes sense. Mm. It, it, particularly in comparison to like those cars from the 991 generation, it does sit in a different sort of sphere now, I guess. Um, but Max, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I think to be fair to Porsche, they kind of positioned the 992 GTS like that, didn't they? When they launched the car and they were describing how they'd created the GTS, they they talked about the some of the components and drivetrain being from the turbo rather than from the S. Obviously, they weren't doing the thing where they were changing the width of the body, uh, but they did pitch it as a turbo light almost, I think. Um, you know, in terms of the brakes and the suspension and, and all of that sort of thing, it's turbo, isn't it? It's not Carrera. So it is a different kind of car um, from GTS as we've known it in uh, 997 and 991. You know, some people have heard it heard it uh, described, which is probably to your point, Andy, about it being a bit of a hot rod. You know, it really is uh, It really is quite a, quite a punchy car. I haven't been in one, but other people have said that as well. So, you know, that ragdoll comment that you made, Andy, you know, the thing, the thing really is a fast car. Oh, yeah. So um, it is a different kind of GTS than what we knew before, I think. Um, and I don't think Porsche made any secret of that. But as a general 992 point, I think it's brilliant. I've, you know, and we've, we've uh, you know, jeweled on this before, Lee. I really like the way it looks. I really, really, really like the 992 and have ever since it came out. I'm not even as vitriolic about the sport design pack as um, James is. And as he says, we've talked about this at length. I sometimes wonder if I might like the front of one and back of t'other of sport design or not you know when i'm uh -huh. building them in my fantasy garage uh so um yeah i'm a big 992 fan you know objectively it's probably the best 911 that there's ever been um which you'd hope it to be because it's the latest one and that's kind of what porsche is so good at that constant evolution and and development um so yeah i'm i'm very pro 992 it's, de it's definitely a, a 911 of its time isn't it and uh again in reference to james your ownership comment of all of the uh, nannying tech on it that is legislated externally really rather than something porsche is keen to promote and certainly that's only gonna get worse really going forward we we realized during this cayenne launch last week that um like lane change assist and speeds uh detection bongs are forever God, kind yeah. of uh they're 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 on all the time and you're not allowed according to uh eu law as best as i understand it you're not allowed to just have one button to turn it all off it's not allowed to be as simple as that um so that will only it will only get worse but but yeah that that sort of thing is is legislated from elsewhere and, and i guess you're right max you know it, it it has to be objectively speaking the the the, the best 911 and it, you know, ever best 911 generation ever. And that's why I think some of those new models like the Dakar, which I think is a real highlight of the 992 generation, just kind of pushes those capabilities more. And I think makes the 911 a bit more dexterous for our, yeah. uh, for our modern lives. Yeah, I think so. You know, and to your point about the, the bandwidth of the car, you know, what I think it's given us is probably the best, you know, it's, it's given us the most versatile 911 you know in the 992 Carrera or you know the the Turbo S even in terms of what you can use that car for but it's also given us the most and the best niche 911s as well like the Dakar and the RS and the ST even though you know that's quite extreme isn't it uh, so it's um you know it enabled Porsche to build 
potentially the 9-11 that most people could live with, but also the 9-11 that the least number of people would want to live with because there's, you know, it's so, it's so niche. And as you know, I love the Dakar, but you know, you do have to take all these things in the context of the, of the time that they're built and the legislation that they've got a building, you know, why do they, why do they look like they do in, you know, in the context of other, you'd say perhaps more prettier 9-11s, you know, part of it's, it's because you've got to be able to crash into a, a pedestrian without taking their legs off, you know, so, the, so, you know, they, they have to be a bit more higher and bulbous at the front, but they've also got to get the, the 20 kilos of particulate filters in the back and um you know and and they've had to run the turbo motor which they probably wouldn't have done otherwise but you've got to judge it in the context of all of that um against other cars from other manufacturers as well as 911s of old yeah and um you know the first one that that i drove um which was probably in 2019 maybe autumn of 2019 um which was doing some stuff with you for the for the mag for t911 so that was a c2s presser um so my immediate context on that day was the 997 gem one because that's what i own so that's what i arrived in and what i left in um and we were driving around rpm technic so you know my area hertfordshire buckinghamshire roads and i thought the thing was just brilliant it was absolutely brilliant um i enjoyed it immensely um and enjoyed all of the 911ness of it as well. I didn't feel like I'd lost any 911ness if that's a word um from getting out of my 997 skipping a generation in, into the 992. I thought it was brilliant. Um so I'm a, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I do re remember thinking and this is perhaps more of a general rear steer point than a 992 point. I do remember when a few months later when I bought my 991 that the 991 felt longer and narrower, whereas the 992 felt uh, shorter and wider, um, a bit more like the 997, actually, in terms of the way it went around the corners. That could have been the wider front, but it could also have been the rear steer. As James says, there's so many variables in a modern mm -hmm. 911 that you can put on, select and deselect. Um, but my still my impression, you know, I, I, I did drive another 992 after that. I drove a, a C4S cab um at the porsche experience center so really different kind of you know you can't find a more different surface between uh buckinghamshire country roads and the porsche experience center in terms of um uh, of, of the quality of the road and it was a little bit underwhelming at the porsche experience center i have to say but that's probably because um the real roads that i drove the presser on when i was with Uli, you know allowed the car to you know really talk and and be challenged by the road and yeah, I'm I'm a big 992 fan. I really am. I'd love one. Yeah, yeah. I think well, there's certainly enough models out there for you to have one, Max. So yeah, I've, certainly I've, been, are. I've been doing some serious digging this week, gents, um, and I've got production numbers. Um, now there's a couple of press releases where Porsche gives 992 production numbers uh, to the end of 2022, uh, but I don't agree with those. Um, <coughs> Every so that just kind of surmises total production, but every year or in January, Porsche releases its figures uh, from the calendar year before in terms of deliveries, and I I would deem those to be more accurate because this is information that will directly correlate to um, importance of stakeholders and how well the company's doing in terms of profit and everything else. Uh, so I have found, um, and well, I, I'll start by saying I cannot find. 
total deliveries for 2019 calendar year. So obviously the, the model was released at, um, at the PEC, the Porsche Experience Centre, Los Angeles in November 2018 with production beginning uh, early 2019. So that first uh, year, calendar year, not model year of production, I can't find. Uh, but what I have found since may be of interest particularly to owners. So I'll read them out if you don't mind, gents. Go for it. Uh, 2020, this is all, overall 992 production. 2020, 34,328. 2021, 38,389. 2022, there were 40,410. And last year, 2023, there were 50,146. Wow. So this is without 2019 uh, figures, which I would guesstimate to be, say, 30,000, give or take. Uh, total 992 production, not including that, is uh, 163,273. Now, for context, there are 179,996s made, 215,997s, and 233,991s. So it's, uh, in terms of sales, it's the least popular i guess the if i can say the word popular but it's been produced the least amount of times of any water-cooled 911 era of course the 992 only has one generation all of those others have two so it will kind of surpass that yeah. that's a hell of a lot of cars particularly when you consider uh, production difficulties from the coronavirus in 2020 logistic problems due to uh, wiring looms coming from ukraine that was obviously uh, a problem due to the war in Russia or with Russia. So there, there are a hell of a lot of 992s produced in, in those six years, really. So, Max, you, yeah, plen plenty around for you to choose from, Good. mate. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'd say it was a success. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right, in, then. in how they'd yeah. ramped up over the years. Yeah. You're, yeah, I mean... I, I don't know. I would more, more see it as you'd get a, a bit of a graph that was had a hill in the middle and that they'd start to ramp down this year because uh you know the new models come in but it's the numbers are up from last year yeah, yeah. i mean it's it's a it's a market increase it's mm. 20 you know ten thousand more in 2023 over the the year before so yeah. it definitely did ramp up quite a bit i guess that's uh probably a doing of all the special editions that keeps the numbers coming up keeps the interest in that's also how it works with 911s though isn't it the new generation comes out and no one likes it they want the old one and then as it goes through the production people get used to it and realize it's brilliant and then the new one's coming and everyone's like i don't want the new one i want this one because i love it now yeah, and keep yeah. Buying it. So yeah. That, that's the 911 cycle of every generation yeah, you're not wrong <laughs> i think it's worth considering and it's no secret that overall the 992 timeline has been delayed so what has become yeah. the norm in the water-cooled era is roughly eight years for one era be it 996 or 997, split down into two generations of about four years. Mm -hmm. So realistically, we should have had the Gen 2 car coming certainly, you know, at least a year ago, probably yeah. 18 months ago, realistically. So that, and again, due to those um, challenges that we've just kind of talked about and mentioned uh, logistically and everything else, I think that's pushed the 992 back. So we, we have had six years of it. Yeah, you know, and and then the release of certain models again. We were talking about, or Porsche told us, told me directly, by the end of twenty twenty three, there would be four heritage models released. 
so far we only have two in the heritage design edition and the sport classic so there's definitely been delays that will factor into that production yeah, as yeah. well you can't underplay the covid factor can you in the life of the 992 first gen for sure. without a doubt yeah it's the, um, it's the only time outside of the august holiday shutdown that the factory at Zuffenhausen has stopped producing 911s yeah. in, in 60 years, you know, right. so it's massive. But with the, just looking across the range of 911, 992, sorry, and there have been many, are there, is there a variant, Lee, where you think this is my favourite turbo, say, and, and I'm, I've, I've thought of turbo because I don't think I've ever wanted a 911 turbo more than I have a 992 Turbo S. I think they're just mega. Yeah, yeah. Fun, funny enough, Max, I, I'm probably right with you on that. Of, of of everything the 992 offers, I think the the turbo for me definitely moves the game on um, in terms of how you can use the car. I mean, a, a turbo is a fantastic and unbelievable all-round 911 anyway. But again, I think the 992 delivers even more handsomely on that. I think big wins with the 992 turbo is the sound. It's a really good sound. It's the first time Porsche Sports exhaust is available on the turbo, and I think it's all the better for it. Uh, same as PASM suspension, although I do think um, the issue there is... Oh, no, sorry, the PASM Sport suspension. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, think, I think that kind of could be counterintuitive reference, what I said earlier about weight of the cars yeah. and damping on UK roads. But the turbo, absolutely, as far as... I'm concerned is the best yet, and funny enough, styling I quite like that, gents. I quite, <laughs> and, and I think those the, the centre lock wheels on the Turbo S are oh, bloody beautiful. That's what one of the great work. wheel designs, isn't it? Agreed. That is a real a real highlight, a real highlight. But I guess a, a question to ask you guys is, uh, what's your model of the era? Mm, what's your that favorite? was going to be one of my questions. Oh yeah, I had that lined up. Well, go on. You start then, Andy. So, what's your favourite model from the 992 generation, and why? Well, I, I was thinking about this because I was thinking, you know, when I was driving that GTS, well, did I feel comfortable in it? And I was like, I don't feel comfortable. It, if if a car was a skin, I'd feel a bit uncomfortable in it. It just, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like it suited me as I was driving down the road. And I was like, well, what would suit me if something out of the 992 generation? Um, and I would go basic so it's basic carrera but i want the i want a manual transmission i can't be dealing with pdk it's just not my thing so you want a t so you want a t then I want yeah a t there. and that's what i really want to want to try is a t i think that's the one and i would make um i'd keep it pretty basic uh, one thing that i would do is i would buy it and i would invent a lockout for the seventh gear so that I could manually lock that out so that it's hidden away and I can then just unlock it when I need it for a long motorway trip. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's okay. yeah. That's where I'd be at. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, James, as a, as a multi 992 owner? Well, I've got to say, I, I do love the look and package of this GT3 Touring that I've got. Uh, it's a brilliant looking car. I love the kind of Q car look to it, if you like. The fact that it looks almost like a Bogo Carrera until you start paying attention. Um, and, and that's that's quite appealing. Um, but I think if you want to take that one step further, the, the ST probably just amps that up to a 
11 really it's a great looking car it's got door handles <laughs> which yeah. we all like yeah, yeah yeah i like that but but, but it's got nice styling features in addition to the gt3 touring so i think it would be one of those two um but but just interestingly when you say about the turbos um lee and max i, I have wondered before if if the gts has maybe cannibalized a bit of the turbo market and and i'm not strictly saying the turbo s which i do think is the clear flagship of the range but like when was the last time you saw a, a 992 turbo at any of the meets we all go to you do see a, a handful of turbo s's now and again but the actual base turbo is is a rare bird uh, the only place i tend to see them are as unsold stock in in opcs quite honestly yeah, yeah, that's a it's a it's a really good point. And actually, the the kind of the whole turbo story has flipped on its head a little bit. Uh, historically, the Turbo S was a special edition, wasn't it? To uh, yeah. come along at the end of the production cycle, if you think nine six four, nine nine three, six and seven, uh, with the the nine nine one, the Turbo S was just an upsell on the turbo. And actually, with the nine nine two, the Turbo S was released first on its own and yeah, the 992 Turbo model. then followed down the line. So yeah. super weird. And I think definitely contributes to the fact there are so few 992 Turbos around. I, I also think... guess that's why you, you might have missed recently that Porsche has brought out uh, like a new, uh, new colorway for Turbo models. So it's not just for 911s, it's across everything, um, particularly relevant with the electric cars where, of course, there is no actual turbocharger. Uh, but now those turbo models get unique badging on the front and yep. on like the steering wheel and everything just to kind of differentiate a little bit. Because I, I, I do agree as kind of there is an element of maybe treading on your own toes a little bit in there with where the GTS is going versus where the turbo already sits. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if those cars didn't have Carrera on, in front of the, the name in terms of the GTS range, you could almost say that the gts is like a model platform in itself these days yeah it's pushed quite far away from the carrera range and i think you and max have touched on it here andy experienced it with his driving it it's kind of floating between the carreras and the turbos mm -hmm. yeah yeah without a doubt max what about you for model of the of the era it's that's a tricky one i've been thinking about this knowing that this um this would come i mean when the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andy's gonna love this. He's thinking, how many is he? How many is he gonna choose? It's gonna be a while. It ain't gonna be one. <laughs> it's gonna, go it ain't gonna be one. Cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make a cuppa. Go for a wee. Um, when when the nine hundred two GT three came out, I re was really blown away by that. Um, I know you know some people didn't like the Swan Net Wing. I loved it, and the impact it had on me was I thought it immediately dated uh, the nine hundred one point two GT three in terms of how trick it looked. I thought it was a big step forward, and I, I was I was really really taken with that. Um, I think the well, your car, James, actually nine nine two GT three touring. I think is the most desirable car in the world for me. I think about them every day how I might spec it. Probably not helped by talking to you all the time, James. You're making me think about it. <laughs> I think Do about it all the time. You fall asleep dreaming of specking one. Yeah, yeah. Is that your much. default? Like, oh yeah, I need to go to sleep. Oh, let, what should I do? Uh, just to knock me off, I'm gonna dream about specking oh. <laughs> <laughs> i really do i just think they're i think it's just the most fantastic thing you know and the st as i learn more about that car and read more about it may you know take over that um that 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 spot but um i mean 
but I'm going to go with the Dakar. I just think the Dakar is just so, so <laughs> much fun, hot, you know, hot, so interesting. Um, I know, uh, you know, it's a real Marmite car, that isn't it? I know, Lee, it's never been your cup of tea, although you've warmed to a little bit since you spent some some time in it, I know. But I just thought that was so much fun. I mean, what a great, what a great thing. Love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely warming to it. I think my opinion on the Dakar changes daily, and I quite like that. I've, I've never come across a 911 that divides my own opinion so much, and <laughs> I think that's a really good thing. Uh, my model of the era, though, I can't believe this hasn't been said already, but for me, it's hands down the Sport Classic hands down i think that is everything a 911 turbo should be because of course these days are turbos bdk only four-wheel drive um quite a set you know lots of torque but quite um safe power delivery i guess uh where the sport classic rear wheel drive manual really linear power delivery that's super exciting uh slightly down on power compared to the turbo due to the fact that power's only going to the rear wheels. And again, I think that's a good thing. I think that makes it a really good, fun, usable road car. And whereas the 997 Sport Classic, Cynics could argue, and obviously Neil Plumpton, former presenter here, as a former owner of 997 Sport Classic, made a lot of noise that a pessimist could say it's a GTS with a double bubble roof. But with the 992, that is a genuine, unique working on its own. Um, 1250 made in modern terms that's not a lot at all i I just think that's a that's a real highlight of the car i really enjoyed my drive of that i'm only going off cars that i've driven i've not yet driven an st so for me i think i think the sport classic is a wonderful reworking and really adds kudos to what was an otherwise shaky start from Porsche exclusive with its heritage design edition cars. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good shout. I think the sport classic <laughs> is the most surprising 992, isn't it? Um, and uh, it was really interesting how well that was received with, you know, universal praise almost maybe yeah. not on those initial first launch drives, but I think once people had the context and reflected it on it in their mind, especially when we got it into this country, um, you know, I, I haven't heard anything but good. Um, about that car as you say unlike the heritage targa which is undoubtedly my least favorite 992 (laughs) yeah it could could well be should we should we have a vote on the least favorite 992 (laughs) as you say i i I agree with max to be fair yeah i think i'm there as well (laughs) it's unanimous what about you jb yeah, I think it's a strange little package, isn't it? That that heritage target. It's got too many things going on. It's trying to tick too many different boxes and it ends up being a bit of a, a muddle, really. Um, the, the other one, which is not miles away in the outcome, is that um, Porsche design uh, anniversary target, which, you know, kind of almost we've all forgotten about because... <laughs> It had the opportunity to be something really special, and I just think it missed the mark a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I think I think that whole kind of endeavour was more about the watch from watch yeah, design rather so, rather yeah. than the car. I think the marketing the car was marketing to sell the watch, really, which is <laughs> yeah. is very sad all around, to be honest. It's a bit, isn't it? It's, uh, it's very yeah. unpolished as well to do something like that. Yeah, I agree. It is sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, just just to add to. Um, what we said earlier in terms of like successes with the 992, I think because we've not particularly kind of touched on GT cars, they're very different, of course, to the um, the Carrera and the Turbo range. But like the 992 GT3, I think is is 
easier to drive on the road at normal speeds at sensible speeds than a 991 although a 991 i've found to be kind of more mechanical and i enjoy that mechanical interaction with the car um definitely over yes low and uh, medium kind of speed bumps the 992 rides a lot better obviously but like even with the noise that's kind of been reworked and recalibrated and andy you and i spoke with philip at reen about this on the rsgt hmm. episode so the exhaust of the 992 now is kind of it's throttle bodies you know like multi- yeah. constantly adapting rather than it's just on a, off. A, an on off valve yeah and there's a really kind of with a 991 gt3 you had to absolutely wring its neck to the red line to unleash that banshee flat six noise that we all absolutely love that howl with the with the 992 there's a really nice resonance in the mid-range now mm. that means you don't have to stay in first gear blaring down your high street just to get that noise <laughs> mm. it was and one it, of the things that on the gts where it had the valves on that I found that quite annoying that it was either or yeah between. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 GT3 for for kind of easy drives, road use. Again, I found was really nice. Whereas the nine and one dot two in terms of how it rides and sometimes how it sounds was almost a bit overbearing. I know that's not the 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 intended environment for the car, but a nine eleven should be a do it all sports car, right? So yeah, there's some definite wins there. I just don't want this to come across as too moany with a 992, I guess. Um, I do think, however, the biggest problem with the 992 is the 991. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And and I really do, because it's a question I'd like to lead on to you guys. I'd like to ask how you think history will judge the 992. Um, I, I think as the last internal combustion engine, 911, I think ultimately under the March of time, history is going to be very kind to the 992.1. We know that hybridization is coming in the 992.2. It's well documented. There's space in the gearbox uh, housing for an electric motor. So we we, we know that it's coming. Porsche has prepared it and us for it. Um, So I think just by virtue of the fact it's going to be the last solely internal combustion engine generation that the 992 will be thought of and look back on really fondly but this is my point is i think the 992's biggest problem is the 991 before it smaller footprint narrower at the front better ride quality in this country sounds better in my opinion the flat six not stifled by uh, gasoline particulate filters much prettier styling in my you know entirely subjective view the right amount of digitization i.e not too much that pcm screen or system isn't over complicated like it is in the 992 um, but crucially, very economical as well. Um, you, you know, it's easily achievable to get late thirty, late thirties MPG from an RN one dot two easily. It's, it's, it's such a good all round car, such a good all round car. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see the correlation between values of nine on twos and ones from this point on. Yeah. I yeah, guess it's the it same same story, isn't it, about the the nine eleven story over the years? It's always the previous generation that we kind of favour, and then the new one comes in, and then we it, it all changes. <laughs> we'll be sitting here in five three. years, going, "Ah, oh, that nine nine two Gen two, One, what a car!" So, so good <laughs> compared to the nine nine four. Yeah, yeah. So, James, James, as an owner, how how do you think history is going to judge the nine nine two point one? Well, I've still got a nine nine one as well, and, and you know, I said earlier, I love the platform. It's been a a real success, I think, for the the, the story of the 911. Uh, I love driving the 991 generation cars. It's got a very good blend of uh, 
what you expect from a modern sports car and uh, a heritage 911 fill. Um, so I think you're right. That that presents a big problem in the current uh, situation for the 992, that that's what it's always going to be compared to immediately. That being said, I, I think it will be viewed positively in, in the future by successive, measured against successive generations. Um, there is a really bold styling element to the 992 and having to cope with all of those emissions and safety requirements that are, as you say, ma mandated upon the manufacturer anyway to have to include. Uh, they've done a pretty good job of, of still retaining the shape um, the silhouette, the, the the general 911 feel. Um, I do think there's some landmark achievements as well. Uh, it is still an everyday sports car. Uh, I, I, and even with the GT cars, by the way, I said this when um, I wrote in Total 911 about our Stuttgart trip. You, know, you, you have to pinch yourself when you're sat on the autobahn doing some silly speeds that you're in the car that you've also the previous weekend run down to your local spa shop and picked up a, a, a <laughs> pint of milk and a loaf of bread in um and and um, for me it was the lack of drama and the complete quietness of being on the autobahn where you really do start to hit some proper speeds that the car just calms down it gets it gets less dramatic the faster you go and that that is the measure of those cars for me the aero kicks in you feel like you are like velcro on the tarmac <laughs> i love that description that's awesome that is awesome max what about you yeah um i think you're right james i mean the yeah the 991 i mean People say, yeah, he just loves everything. I've, you know, I've owned a 991. I'm a big 991 fan. I think the 991 is already the new 997. Um, and, but I think history will judge the 992 very kindly as we look back. And I don't think it'll be too long before that happens either. Um, I think it's just a fantastic car. That refinement point's interesting, James. When I, when I had that um, first 992 experience um, and I was a 997 owner, when I got back in the 997 uh, to go home, um, I was driving up the A41, you know, not super fast, like, you know, 70 miles an hour. And um, I was I was fiddling with the, with the electric window switches because I thought maybe the drop, um, you know, as you shut the door, I thought, oh, maybe the doors, maybe the window hasn't come back up because there was all this wind noise coming in. I thought, that's, <laughs> that's them, that's not right. So I was fiddling with the driver's <laughs> window and then the passenger window first. They, they were both fine. I thought, where's all this blooming noise coming from? And then I started to panic. I thought, oh, maybe the windscreen surrounds come out or something. The window, the windscreen's about to cave in on me. And then I just realized that the 992 is so much more refined at speed than the 997. Um, you know, I, I know there's a generation in between there, but it was it was a really marked thing that I noticed. So, as you say, James, I can imagine, you know, as a, a you know, when you're at speed, uh, you know, the thing is incredible, just as it was on the, you know, the country roads around RPM Technic that I'd been enjoying it before. So, yeah, that bandwidth is incredible, but also the niche models that it's given us. I mean, what fun they've been, you know, it's, it's just, yeah. It'll be judged yeah. very kindly. Yeah. The uh, the the, yeah, so the windows on the 992 Max, they're double glazed, aren't they? So that would have contributed yeah. chiefly to you getting back in the 997 and thinking, what on earth is going on in here? For like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great, great car, the 992. Andy? As I said before, I think, it's, yeah, 
it's this cycle, isn't it? I think we, as it gets older, we'll we will appreciate it. Um, so I think it, it will it will become appreciated. Um, for me, I do find the nine nine one a more compelling modern package for, and I think that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, something that we pointed uh, we talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast was the the overall look. The 991 is the 911 that has the best overall look about it. Any 991 you could buy looks great, both front, back, side, three quarters, from above. They just look a, a, great, a great visual package. Yeah. Um, and you have to be careful with the 992 to find the one that suits your eye. Um, where I, yeah, so it would be. It would be for me very specific in model and specification if I was to buy a nine nine two, and I think other people might think that as well. So, Fantastic! Yeah. Really nice to really nice synopsis that. Yeah. I think what might be interesting about the nine 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 two point one, as we're going to have to call it going forward, <laughs> yeah. will be. Um, you know, we're we're sort of looking forward to the nine nine two point two at the moment and talking about hybridization and that sort of thing. And uh perhaps it's easy to think about um, you know, Prius and plug-in hybrids and that sort of thing. But of course, what it's actually going to be is a very, very mild hybrid. Um, you know, whether they're going to be able to use that to do some torque fill or or something, you know, who who knows? But you know, given everything that we've said about the 992 already being quite a big car and quite a heavy car for a 911 compared to what we used to in the past, you know, there's a chance that the uh, the hybridization of the second generation car could actually enhance it over the first gen car. Um, so, you know, that's going forward, that'll be a, another bit of the context in which the first gen car will be judged. And that's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. Well, for those listening at home, I hope you've enjoyed our opinions. They are they are only our opinions, whether we're a, a serial owner like James or just speculators like the rest of us here. Um, <laughs> but I hope, yeah, hope, hope you've enjoyed it. I think it's worth just before we um, close this nine and two chapter of the episode, we're going to get uh, the views from the guys at Paragon who have obviously started to uh, deal these cars over the six years that they've kind of mm. surfaced on the marketplace they're just going to give us really a bit of an outline as to what the public the rest of the public the buying public thinks of the eighth generation 911 uh, jamie tyler jason shepherd over at the lovely paragon showroom how are you doing gents good afternoon lee We're yeah really, yeah good. really good thank you mate and uh, nice to see you as always uh, yes likewise likewise i'm looking forward to visiting your showroom soon by the way i've not not been in for a little while so uh, i know you've got some great goodies in we are particular reference to the 992 today so we're doing this farewell to the 992 and uh, you know you guys as uh, premium Porsche specialists have obviously had a a couple in now. I guess they're starting to trickle into the to the Paragon showroom straight yeah. off the top of the bat. Half a dozen, half a dozen. Okay, so off 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 straight off the bat. Then, what's the reception been like among enthusiasts for that sort of generation when walking into your showroom? Well, the the cars that we've had so far, we've sold to new Porsche customers. So they've been new Paragon customers and also new Porsche customers. So they've sort of like come straight into a more recent modern car. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's probably the key of it at the moment. 
um, you know, the, 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 to answer your question, I mean, the, the, the more enthusiast based of our, you know, customers or whatever, um, attending to be more interested in cars prior to 992, um, it's really, you know, we're in a weird section of the market and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's quite strange, you know, we're kind of quite well known now. And obviously, you know, been around for a long time and all the rest of it. Um, and so people will buy, a, a, you know, for example, a, a 964 RS from us from the other side of the planet. And yet um, with 992, it seems that there's, you know, it, it's, it, there's more of a struggle for us, you know, a normal 992, because those the people buying in our experience have been those new customers in. And so therefore, they're not necessarily as well schooled in um you know the whole Porsche and Porsche 911 world and all the rest of it and so mm. they haven't got to know about all of these brilliant sort of specialists that are out there and the depth of knowledge that's out there and all that sort of stuff so so kind of their obvious thing default is to go OPC and stuff so we we kind of you know it, it's weird but you know these lowest risk cars effectively because they're you know relatively new and all the rest of it um actually more difficult for us to gain traction with sometimes than 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 you know much 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 older cars yeah it's, it's really quite weird but it's quite it's and it's quite baffling sometimes but you, you, that i think i think that's fundamentally fundamentally it for us yeah. okay so so you yeah you mentioned that there's uh perhaps among enthusiasts not the same enthusiasm for the 992 over the 991 why do you think that is you know what have, what have people been saying to you what have those remarks tend to be I, th I think i think there's a few things i mean there's there's as we all know there's always a backlash against the latest iteration of whatever um <laughs> which takes some time to 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 get over and i and i'm not you know i'm not sitting on any high ground here because you know there are there are cars that over the course of my years here when they've come first come in I thought mm, I'm really sure about that I don't not really all that keen on, on this sort of stuff and now I have a different opinion of those cars and and I really really like you know some of them um so I think there will be a case where this is a rolling thing and you know it's like with new, new design and stuff you know it sometimes takes quite a long time for for the market to to actually appreciate you know if we're talking about the aesthetic you know and that sort of stuff there is a back, there is, you know, that bit of a backlash um, from, from our enthusiasts sort of background stuff. It's usually, it's a bit big. It's a bit too, it's a bit too electronic, yeah. or a bit too digital, a bit too screeny. Um, and possibly almost like a little bit too sort of refined. I mean, we we would almost say a bit, almost a bit too good, yeah, wouldn't yeah, we? In yeah, in, in some yeah. regards, as a, as an all rounder, um, maybe you know that sort of loss of character thing or whatever. Now, I think you know those are the, the loss of character thing. It's still a fabulous sports car and stuff. When you when you want to play with it and all that sort of stuff, you can't get away from the size. Um, but and compared to the, the the other modern stuff that's on the market, you know, it's not just chucking vast amounts of power at something in order to make it go down the road well. It's, you know, it's still a, a great, great, well-engineered sort of sports car and stuff. But 
you know, the, for, for those of us that have been, you know, grown up with all sorts of different, you know, older 9-11s and stuff, it, it now, in order for, for some of us to have fun in one of those things, you, you kind of ended up going almost like too fast. And, yeah. and, and that's where you can. And that, again, is a function of size a lot of the time, certainly around here where the roads aren't wide. You know, we're not talking about big roads and, and a lot of them have got holes down one side of them. So, you know, you, you, your bandwidth, your, your road width is actually really quite small. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, anyway, sorry, I'm waffling again. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, uh, you, you kind of have answered my next question, Jay, really, which is, you know, what do you guys perceive to be like the positives and negatives of of that car, you know, of the 992 in the eyes of the buyer, because that's the crucial thing, because, you know, obviously they're the, the people spending money on these. I guess, Jamie, to bring you into the conversation then, like, do you, how do you see the 992 story developing over the next five years? We know the Gen 2 will have hybridization, so this will be the yeah, last yeah. 100% ICE 911. So how, how do you think that story is going to evolve? Well, excuse me, I think a lot of people look at that as being a cool thing. And I think, as Jay was saying earlier, as they get older, there'd be probably more appreciation of the car, the fact that it's going to be the last of that generation. Um, yeah, so like mixed reviews from people on them, really. I mean, to some people, the looks are appealing because they like that look of a you know, big wider end on the back of a 911. But then, as Jay was saying, to some people, you know, they've come from that sort of like more... Um, you know, skinnier look car and, you know, um, older generations of 911s, they just can't get their head around the size of these cars. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that certainly the three of us will all remember when the 991 came out and Jay, you touched yeah, on it, yeah. you know, and, and everyone's going, well, they're massive and, you know, this or electric power steering, can't believe it. And, yeah. um, you know, now uh, I certainly yeah, I mean, absolutely love that now. car. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, appeal, the appeal to the new buyers is... is is generally because they can jump from anything that's otherwise modern, you know, and, and high value, you know, luxury car, you know, brand or whatever, into one of those and feel that they're not taking a step back necessarily in terms of technology or in terms of what they see before them or toys and things. And so, you know, there's a comfort thing for that, and there's a it makes sense from a, a sales uh, perspective for for Porsche. Um, I don't know whether, you know, I, I don't know whether there's a migration from, you know, some of the more general Carrera, Carrera S, GTS even into sort of more of the GT product or something that's more focused or back to, you know, Cayman, you know, GT4s or GTSs or Cayman, Caymans in general, actually, yeah. in order to get a bit more of that kind of buzz, that bit yeah. more of that, that sort of, you know, pure sports car thing for some of the enthusiasts you know we, we see a bit of that we do and we have that discussion quite a bit but as you know we've said probably a number of times on your you know your your podcast or whatever it's it's you know it's, it's people are searching more and more and more for that involvement engagement fun at not and not having to go mentally fast in order to 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 get it you know mm -hmm. just outright speed is not you know, that doesn't mean a thing, does it? As compared to fun, it's not. Those two things are actually quite separate. Yeah. So, agreed. you know, that's that 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 that's the thing. I mean, they're beautiful thing. You know, Anonymous is a great. Yeah, it's a fantastic, car. fantastic, yeah. fantastic car. You know, but um, it's um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just bloody modern, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's going to come a point as they get older, though, as prices become 
coming down quite a bit. They're becoming more affordable for people as well. I oh, think yeah. for the purists, there was probably a certain element of a big chunk of depreciation as they were in their sort of like first three or four years of their life. And I think now they're getting older, they're becoming better value for people. Yeah. 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 Great. I think I think that ice thing, I think that's going that would probably be quite a significant thing, I think, in, in their favour. I think that will actually help them in you know in, in the future. I think it will help them out quite a lot in the long term future. Um you well, know, you, look, you look at the Boxster and Cayman, the four-cylinder cars are going to be the last of the ice versions of those, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look yeah. At, look yeah. at how they were perceived when they came out. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's a great point, gents. It's, a, it's a, an ominous point almost really to, to leave on. Um, yeah, we'll have to see where it goes. I really appreciate your market commentary on 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 the nine nine two there. Like, we talked about the GT three version. <laughs> well, we could talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. If you want to, if you want to dedicate some time to it, then so like, no, where it's just it's just simply of you know, I have more experience with one of those than I have you know the other ones really. And yeah. um, that, actually, that... we've probably both driven that more than we have a normal, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that that car. You know, when we drove it on the road or whatever, the funny thing was we we both. I mean, we we used you know, we're in this lovely position where we're used to driving some of these cars with fantastic engines, GT3 and you know all that stuff, loads of revs and loads of noise and and, and a decent amount of get up and go. And um, you know, when we first drove them on the drove that car on the road, we thought, yeah, okay, all right. It was sort of like it, it, it was it was it was great, but it wasn't. It didn't really deliver. When we got to you know, got taken around a track in the thing, um, firstly at Goodwood, and then for me at Spa. Um, I mean, Jesus, that's, that's when it came, that, that, that's when all of a sudden you thought, oh my good grief, this is incredible. However, you know, it's like, for, again, for, for, for me, my, you know, my driving is on the road. And so it's sort of like, I'd rather go for something which is not as good <laughs> in order that at least it feels like I'm sort of like challenging it or doing something with it, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's meant to, I mean, it's absolutely mind blowing. It is fab, fabulous, but it, it's sort of, you know, it's just the, the game is maybe, maybe I'm just getting so old for all this stuff. You know? <laughs> I, can't, I, can't keep, I can't keep up with them anymore. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, as I said, it would just be interesting to see where it goes, you know, that, that no, nobody can offer anything concrete that's right or wrong at the moment. It's just interesting to see where it goes. And again, that's where I'm really grateful of your commentary because, you know, you've had five years now of that car being, the preeminent 911 certainly uh, in Porsche dealerships, but as they kind of trickle into like the independent and and therefore the enthusiast, the hardcore enthusiast sphere, it's nice to see how that generation is has been yeah. received, you know. And you guys are well placed to offer commentary on that, so I'm, well, I'm really grateful come, you know, for your come time. Back, come back in. Let's do this again in another two or three years and see how things have developed because so, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to chuck back at all the sort of crap that we've said today. <laughs> <laughs> And see how things have, have yeah, developed. Yeah. What, how much humble pie we'll have to eat. Or <laughs> I'll, I'll hold you to it, Jay. And, and no doubt you'll still be introducing yourself as the tea boy even then. Gents, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks very much for your time from Paragon. Absolute right. pleasure, Lee. Cool. So that, that was quite interesting what the guys at Paragon said. What resonated with me was uh, the comments that the people they've sold 992s to, uh, it's their first 
911. It's their first kind of foray into Porsche ownership. I know, James, your story is very different with that, of course. Um, but I, I can I, I can get that. I definitely get that because well, you're then, not comparing a 992 to any previous 911, are you? So you'd think it's great. No, but if you remember, Lee, a few years ago, you kindly agreed to be a, a guest during those COVID times on one of the PCGB 992 register um, Zoom calls when I was involved in uh, in the register. Yeah. And it, it came up that night, if you remember, that that quite a large number of the group, this was their first experience of the brand. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was... That was obviously kind of you know quite news to us, but then I think we touched on it that night that there were there were even more people out there that were experiencing non flat six cars for the first time, you know, with, <laughs> yeah. uh, with four cylinder cars and things like that, and it was like wow, okay, yeah, I'd never stopped to think about that. But as we always say, you know, there, there's a Porsche out there for everyone, and it's it's a different flavour, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Bang on. I couldn't, couldn't think of better sentiments to finish up the episode yeah. myself, James, to be fair. That's got to be testament, hasn't it, to yeah. the success, to the bandwidth of the car, as you say, if it uh, continues to attract new people to the, to the to the brand and to the model. Imagine how much how exciting it must be to, you know, come come to the brand, come to the model and get into a 992. What a brilliant thing, you know, from where wherever you're coming from, you know, maybe, you know, M3, M4, C63, you know, who, who knows where people might be coming from, but God exciting oh exciting. definitely definitely yeah it was a first venture into into the world of porsche sports cars what a place to be what a place to start yeah lovely stuff all right well look james as a as a serial owner and uh champion of the redborn porsche owners club as well and of course a driven not hidden collective member we appreciate your time and 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 your insight good sir into these lovely 911 so thanks yeah thank you james yeah, thank, thank you, you james guys. Yeah, always good fun and uh, happy to be involved. Cool. So that was uh, all things 992. We've got a couple of uh, admin bits just to finish the episode. Do want to just say as well, in the spirit of diligence and good journalism that we try to practice on this podcast as much as possible, we were speaking last week about EV McCarns and there was a little bit of debate among our team here as to how long uh, the ice McCann will stay in production oh, for. Yeah. Well, uh, happily, all three of us went away and independently found out the answer for you, dear listeners. Uh, so to the best of our knowledge, in the UK at least, uh, you can spec and order a Macan for the entirety of 2024. There are still cars available. There are still cars available. Yeah, I've been yeah reliably informed. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, any, any other news, gents, that, that we want to dive into Porsche-wise? Any news? Ooh. Tycon, Tycon facelift. I couldn't see any difference. Could you? <laughs> I'd have to. <laughs> I knew you could it from your comment on WhatsApp. But yeah, it's, it's just. Um, I, Does I think it look simpl- any different? Yeah, I think I think just Does simplified it? is probably the way. Okay, Hasn't got those those weird sort of like teardrops underneath the headlights in the far corners. Kind of ditch them. It's just a little bit more simplified, a little bit more chiselled. I would say. I, I actually think it's 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 getting towards quite a nice looking car now. Actually. Okay, maybe I need to look at old and new to see the difference. There's a big yeah, difference yeah. in um, battery stuff, wasn't there? Battery stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the battery's been in, improved and like the range is a lot better. Um, yeah. So I guess technology that's going into the McCann must also be uh, being put into the Taycan. Yeah, yeah. Faster charging, uh, more power as well at yeah. the wheel. 
Um, so all the good stuff that you want from your your Porsche EV is, yeah, is there yeah. by the looks of the it. They're the big wins, aren't they, that you're looking for? I guess that's part of why the uh, E. McCann has been, you know, pushed back, you know, a handful of times. You know, I think it's probably to roll out this generation of tech on it. Yeah. So probably doesn't bode well for Taycan Point One um, values going forward. But, um, you yeah. know, it's great for anyone who's in the market now for a new one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've got a joint spread to love this week. It's for the Redbourne Porsche Owners Club. We are super chuffed that uh, James joined us today as our guest panellist. And James heads up RPOC, as we said, alongside Karan. So uh, go and check them out. Give them a follow on Instagram as well. It's a nice, uh, nice club with similar values to what we do here at Nineworks. So tops. Um, before we dive into Driven Not Hidden Collective stuff, Max, we've got a gem of the week. Yeah, got a gem of the week. I was uh, I was searching on the marketplace yesterday for 992s, of course. Seems appropriate. Very uh, good. There are seven on there at the moment. There have recently been, although they've um, they've been sold, there have been some really trick 992s on there. There's an RS um, uh, touring with a rear seat conversion at our you know, friends at RPM, but they've uh, they've sold both those cars. And actually, the 992 that caught my eye on the marketplace at the moment is the actually the least expensive of the seven that are on there, which is the Guards Red. C2S that Henry at Lakeside Classics has got. And you look at the pictures, I mean, the Henry always presents his cars really nicely, but it's such a classically elegant looking 911 Carrera, I think that, in guards red. With that wheel choice, which is never my, you know, I've got some firm favourites on wheel choices for 992s. That isn't one of them, but it just seems to work really well with that guards red, and it's got the pano roof. I just look at that car and I think, what a lovely car that would be to own. Now, any car mate who asks you to do anything, or you've your wife asks you to do something, you could do it in that car. You know, you could go shopping, you go to the track day, you could go on holiday, go to cars and coffee. It just looks like a great thing. So that's my gem of the week. Lovely, nice. lovely, lovely, lovely. Very apt as well for the uh, for the episode, Max. So spot on. Uh, don't forget, we've got over 100 cars on that Nineworks Marketplace now, all backed by uh, comprehensive warranties as well. So we, we do that, you know, the, the only cars you'll find on that Marketplace our cars with warranty and prep to a good standard. Um, so we hope that that is evident on there. Uh, Driven Not Hidden Collective stuff, Andy. Should we do the works giveaway? Oh, yes, We forgot yes, to do please. it last week. Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah, in our excitement, we completely forgot about it. We did. We did. So, yeah, this is a giveaway um, that has come from RPM Technic, which is a afternoon at one of their, what's their, their track day thing called? Sorry, I've forgotten. Rush Drivers Club. Rush Drivers Club, yeah. So you will get lunch for you and a guest, um, some passenger rides in cars, including a, a hot lap with Tim Harvey. Yeah, he, Carrera he Cup is. champion, yeah. former Carrera Cup champion Tim Harvey, no less, in his uh, Manti spec GT products. Oh, imagine how amazing that would be. That is epic, isn't it? Epic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've got a list uh of our works heroes and works plus drivers and i've got a random number generator which i am going to hit now number is 65 which gives me suspense i'm loving this i'm just checking on my list of people that didn't fancy it and the winner is lee woodham's Way I tell you what, that is most funny because doesn't Lee work in motorsport? He does. 
That's fantastic. <laughs> That's actually fantastic. I think Lee helps prep um, some cars for historic racing. He does. He does. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, well, there we go. What well a done, Lee. recipient for that prize. Yeah, congratulations, Lee. Thanks for, thanks for doing it, Andy, with your spandangly random number generator machine. That sounds like a uh, nice christmas present that's being used year round so that's good <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was an internet generator is it? i haven't got yeah got some machine over here <laughs> can we can we not like paint the picture a bit like the lottery you know like exactly release those balls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, it's worth pointing out as well if you're interested uh in the rush drivers club from rpm they've got two tiers of membership for 2024 you've got uh, like full membership and then there's like a fellow membership as well so go on the rpm technic website choose what's right for you basically again although it's split down into two stages the rush members club is designed to best look after both you and your porsche a variety of track days both in the uk and throughout europe there's also going to be some road trips coming up as well so yeah if you're passionate about using these cars fully as intended then the rush drivers club is your home so yeah that's a really cool thing that they're doing there isn't it i've seen the rush set up at some some track days it, it really you know it looks really appealing it really enhanced the experience enhanced the track day experience i think it's something people should have a look at yeah right yeah, i wonder definitely. if um they might do the same as they did last year and let some DNH years go along to sort of view and check out the situation. A bit of an open day like they did last time. Well, that was with RMA, wasn't it? With, oh, um, was it? Yeah. The, okay. uh, yeah. RMA open day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll touch base with Leighton on that and see see what opportunities we've got for, yeah. for 2024. Okay, right. I've got some updates on our collective. I've got a new member. That's Anthony Grenfell. Uh, from Chislehurst in Kent, who drives a 996.1 GT3. Um, found us through YouTube and also through Paragon. Thank you for recommending, yeah, recommending us, nice. Paragon. Very good of you. Uh, I think that was a black car. Yeah, beautiful looking car. It did look good, didn't it? I think he said yeah. that it's had a lot of work done on it by the previous owner. Yes. Um, so, yeah, real good car. And I've got Black one 996.1 GT3. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I can't. I can't recall ever seeing one of them before. You know. That's awesome. Really, yeah. really yeah. nice. Yeah. Lovely. Really nice. Okay. And I've got an upgrade. That's uh, Scott Schillam, who's um, one of the representative in Essex, um, and he has gone from rookie to privateer. Thank you very much for the uh, additional support. Thanks, Scott. So, super duper that is awesome yeah thanks thanks for the upgrade um we've got two things coming up if you've not already seen it on the whatsapp group ladies and gentlemen we have got um we're back at rpm technic actually we've been invited back by the guys uh, to host an evening with legendary racing driver mike wilds now you would have heard him on the podcast before um andy and i interviewed mike uh, in relation to his le mans classic experience back in 2022 uh, but we're going to be facilitating an interview on Mike looking back at his whole career. And that's going to take place at RPM Technic on Monday, the 26th of February. It's a ticketed event. It's open to uh, Driven or Hidden Collective members. We get early bird, um, early bird access to that. And then in a week or so's time, so by the time this podcast goes out, it will be open to the general public if there's any seats left. Next month, we're venturing up north for a Cars and Coffee. So we're at Shine On. That's Shine-On uh, Detailers. They're Wigan-based. That's a Cars and Coffee from 9am till midday on Sunday, the 17th of March. 
uh, again, Driven Not Hidden Collective people. There's anyone can come and it's open to all Porsche because it is a fried eggs and friends. It's open to everybody, but there's kind of limited, um, limited parking out the front. So we've put that to members of the Driven Not Hidden Collective. You're welcome to snap those up and any spaces that remain thereafter will be offered to the public. So look forward to seeing uh, some of our northern members of the collective, certainly before the end of March. Grandiose. All right, gents. Well, that'll be it. We'll be discussing next week. We're just very car focused next week, aren't we? I'm looking forward to that. We're, we're basically just chatting about cars over a alcohol-free beer or two. <laughs> Proper pub event. Yeah, yeah. Very much looking forward to it. We've, I think we've all been out and about of late and been busy doing different things in the world of Porsche. So it'd be nice to just dive into a little bit of that. I'm looking forward to sharing my exciting Boxster update news. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Very exciting. How about that for a cliffhanger? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can watch this space. Hang on for just one week and then we'll find out exactly what that is. Uh, Until then, thanks for joining us for another episode of Nightmares Radio. This episode was brought to you by our very kind Driven Not Hidden Collective. If you would like to join the collective to get further access and rewards within the Nineworks community, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Nineworks. You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app.